Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. They're trying to meet a spiritual need with something besides God. Because every other religion is a give and take. As long as you have breath in your lungs right now, there's hope. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening. Welcome to Kingdom Culture Conversations. Uh, It is March 20th, and I hope you had a tremendous spring break. We are looking the end of the semester right in the eye. Um, Hard to believe it's happening so fast, and uh, I'm here, uh, unfortunately, without my partner uh, in crime, Mr. Jeff Brown. Uh, We're recording this in February, and he's out visiting his daughter at Liberty University in Virginia. Um, but uh, we'll jump right into it. I'm here with Jeff Keaton. Jeff, how you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Um, Jeff, you come out of Virginia, right? And uh, nice to get out of Virginia in February. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a little cool here in Phoenix today, though. Yeah, we had a, we had a 35-degree morning, so that's, 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 that's nippy, all right? Um, but just real quick, last night you got to talk some of our parents um, about uh, just importance of worldview. Mm-hmm. And I, and my understanding, this is something you've been about your whole career. Yeah. Well, I was a senior pastor for the first 18 and a half years, but I started in the inner city of Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, God brought us a whole bunch of families who had been addicted to drugs or alcohol. Yeah. And then I end up with 150 of their children. Yeah. And uh, that's when I begin to think, how do I disciple these kids, you know? And that's kind of what got me into education, to be honest with you, because we had a Christian club in every middle and senior public high school in Broward County, Florida, which was 32 of them. Yeah, wow. And I saw what was going on there, and I thought, you know, they've got them for 35 hours a week. I've got them for two hours a week. Yeah. Something's got to give. And that began the journey that I'm now on. Well, education is, that's, you know, that's where you spend most of your time. And that's yes. why at Northwest Christian, we understand parents, and you are giving us your, your best eight hours of the day with your kids, and um, we don't take that lightly. Um, and, and Jeff, can you kind of just, you're with a, a, your organization called Renew a Nation. Can mm-hmm. you just give us a uh, uh, paint a picture of the work and mission of Renew a Nation. Yeah, so our vision is to transform culture by giving millions of children a biblical worldview. Our mission is to inspire and equip the family, church, and school to give the children in their care a biblical worldview. We've discovered that when you get the family, the church, and the school all teaching God's truth, that's a three-stranded cord that's not easily broken. So how do we do that? We have five divisions. Christian education is our biggest division. We launch brand new schools all across America. We rebuild struggling schools. We have a homeschool division where we coach homeschool parents across the country. We uh, have an online uh, academy, and we have a teacher professional development division, a part of that Christian education. Then we have a church and family division where we train families and churches how to pass on biblical worldview to children. Uh, we have a an 800-acre camp in Tennessee where we bring kids in and young people in and train them in biblical worldview. And then we have a scholarship division where we write checks for about eight or 900 kids a year to go to Christian schools. Mm. And uh, then we have a promotion division, our national magazine, speaking, writing all over the country, producing all kinds of resources. So that's pretty much what we do. That's fantastic. I know you were speaking last night um, here in Phoenix to so, uh, some of our parents and grandparents. And what, what were we talking about last night? I gave them six reasons why we must give our children and grandchildren a biblical worldview. 
worldview. And really, um, you know, I think everybody who, you know, serious Christian parents, they go, my kid, you know, I want them to know the Christian faith deeply, what I would call a biblical worldview. I use that term more than Christian worldview. Christian worldview has become very, very broad. Mm -hmm. And so we believe Christianity is utterly tied to the Bible. And so we want to, we believe in the authority and sufficiency of Scripture. And we want to make sure that we understand what the Scripture has to say about everything. And how do you implement God's ideas into everything, business, medicine, law, government, ministry. And so uh, that, that's our driving passion is to equip parents, grandparents, educators, and pastors to know how to do that. That's great. And, and so I, there were six, and we don't have, we're not going to re yeah. that, but what, what was one, one big deal? Like, do you want to tell our listeners right now? Well, one, one... I, I, one of my points was we, we want to give our children and grandchildren a biblical worldview because we want to pass our faith on to the next generation. And I tell a story in there about a young man, a 30-year-old man I met on a plane who, um, when I sat down, he said, what do you do for a living? And I told him, and he said, oh, you're a man of faith. I'm a man of facts. And I said, okay. And he goes, uh, he said, I'm an agnostic. And so I just simply asked him, well, then tell me where we came from, since I'm just a simple man of faith and you're a man with all the facts. Where do we come from? And he immediately said the Big Bang. And I said, okay, so you believe in the Big Bang. Where did all the stuff come from that blew up? And uh, he thought about it for a moment, and he goes, oh, oh I, remember. I, I remember a mathematician giving that formula. I said, what was his name? He said, I don't know. I said, sir, you have more faith than I do. I have my faith in a God who gave us a book. I compare that book to reality, and guess what? It makes tremendous sense. You have your faith in a mathematician whose name you don't even know. Yeah. And it started a long conversation, and I'm, I'll make this quick. Yeah. Halfway through that conversation, we were on a five-hour flight together. Halfway through that conversation, he looked at me and said, i got to tell you something. My grandmother on the one side is a Southern Baptist woman. My grandmother on the other side is a Mennonite woman, and my name is Matthew Adam. And here's what hit me. Here I'm sitting with a 30-year-old man whose grandmother was Southern Baptist, and the other one was Mennonite. And 30 years later, he doesn't believe a single thing they believe. So my point is, if we don't pass on intentionally our faith, we could wake up in 30 years and have our children raising their children to believe nothing that we believe. So it's critically important that we give our children a biblical worldview. Well, we agree with that 100%, um, Jeff. Uh, and and uh, back to Renew a Nation, there's a whole lot of resources um, available to families at your website. Um, we'll link to those in the show notes. And in particular, there's one that's really powerful. Um, Renew a Nation publishes an excellent magazine called the Renew a Nation Review. Recently, the Renew a Nation Review ran an article called Common Objections to Christian Education. We'd like to run through a couple of those and see what kind of conversation that you. This is a recent article? It was, just came out literally the magazine. The hard copy just came out this last week. Yes. Okay. Or and this week. Mr. Brown was on top of that and he read it online. Yes. Um, so we're just going to talk about these six objections to Christian education and see if we can have some conversation with them. The first one is Christian education shelters students from the quote unquote real world. What What, what is that? I mean, that's a. Can we fix that objection real quick? Well, actually, you know, that is one of the, the top two or three that we hear all the time. But first of all, you have to ask the question, what is the real world? Right. So is the real world the world where God is, has been gutted from God's truth? Is that the real world or is that a fake world, a false world? Now, I know what they're getting at. They're saying, look, if you shelter your kid too much and then you dump them into a world where there's a bunch of godlessness and they go to a college where everybody's atheist, you know, the teachers and everything, that they'll get crushed. And, and what I say to that is you're exactly right if you haven't trained them well. Yeah. But I told a story last night, I'll probably tell it this morning, about a kid named TJ that went through our school for nine years, and we baptized these kids in truth, okay? Yeah. And he, get into, he got into a class with an atheist professor who couldn't stand Christianity, 
And uh, the guy kept make, splitting them up into two groups and having them debate all kinds of benign subjects. TJ was the only kid with a Christian worldview educational background. There was 24 of the kids there who didn't, you know, believe. Well, it was going swell because TJ's debate team was winning every single debate. And the teacher came to TJ one day and said, look, you ought to uh, become a lawyer because you're amazing at debate. Well, you know why it was amazing? Because we had taught him how to think and analyze, yeah. and we, he knew logic and rhetoric, okay? So this kid was ready to go. Well, it was all going well until the teacher stood up and said, today we're going to debate abortion. And the guy had already told him how much he was for abortion and stuff. And long story short, TJ was the only one of the 25 kids that stood up and said, I'm against it. At the, but, but as he did at the end of every debate, he would ask the kids, if you change your mind, switch sides. And at the end of TJ's talk, yeah. which he was the last one to go, all 24 other students joined his side and said they had never heard that and that they agreed with TJ that debate was not, a, I mean, abortion was a bad idea. So the bottom line is this, TJ was ready. He was sheltered from a Christian yeah. home. But we had prepared him so that when he landed in that world, he knew the truth. He knew the falsehoods in advance. He knew how, what their arguments were, yeah. and he was ready to stand. So all I would say is if you shelter them in some kind of a weird way and don't teach them what the rest of the world is thinking and saying, yeah. then they're going to crumble. But we, our goal at, in, in our school, when I was still pastoring, uh, I hired a worldview. I called him a worldview guru, and he said, what's my mission? I said, your mission is to help our students know when they get to that first world religions class at the University of Virginia or Virginia Tech, and the guy gets up and mocks Christianity and mocks God and the Bible and everything else, yeah. I want them to have heard every single argument he's going to make and know why it's false and what is true. And yeah. so you just have to prepare them well. But the other option is send them out there, baptize them in a world that's full of falsehood, yeah. And then you're guaranteed that many of them, which statistically I can prove this, that a majority of ev evangelical kids who were not trained in the truth uh, in schooling have rejected the faith in the last 50 years, yeah. a majority. And yeah. can we continue to play that game? You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So yeah. thank God there's a great awakening. Millions of new kids have come into Christian schools and Christian homeschools yeah. in the last three years. There's an awakening of parents I've, like I've never seen. That's so great. That's so great. Yes. And I, I, I kind of tend to think that sheltered from the real world, I, I, I just think with the dawn of cell phones and social media and and they know it. And so I, I, with my children, like, I want you to see what's going on. I took my kids when they were 10 years old to Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to show them what it looks like when you're intoxicated. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, and instead of just saying, you know, alcohol is awful. No, let, let's show you what it looks like and how people lose control themselves. So, exactly. Um, yeah, so it, it's not really a shelter. I think that's a poor objection. Um, objection number two, and this is one I would probably have before my kids were at Northwest Christian, is that I went to public school and I love Jesus. Yes. Um, that's, you know, I grew up going to public school. My wife went to private school, so we thought our kids would go to whatever we went yeah. to. But um, I think it's different than it was in 1980. Oh. Right? You know, in 80, um, the, the public education was still secularized. And, yeah. and, and a lot of, you know, God's truth had been removed mostly in, in many ways. But there's no doubt. Uh, I was speaking at a camp in Michigan not long ago. A 12th grader from a public high school walked up to me after my speech and said, Pastor, do you understand that at my school, there's this girl that goes around barking all day long because she identifies as a dog and the school cannot do anything about it? Yeah. And then I was just in York, Pennsylvania, uh, and the pastor of a very large church there, I was there with speaking, and my sister was singing, and we did a big tour together. And the pastor came up to me, and he's heavily engaged in all the public schools in his community. And he said, Jeff, I cannot 
tell you what is going on. He said, we have kids identifying as cats. They're letting them go to the bathroom in cat litter boxes, and their parents are delivering cat food to the school for them to eat. Now, we're at a different level of insanity right now. The identity stuff is insane. 38% 38% of 18 to 24-year-olds now identify as LGBTQ+. Okay? Why is that? 1% of their parents did. Okay? It's because somebody has, has first of all, they don't know who they are. And when, you're, when, you strip, when you strip education of God's truth, you don't even know what it means to be human. And these people are so confused. These precious children are so confused. And I'm just going to throw this in. There is a backlash right now coming on this whole gender issue. It's huge. It's called, they call themselves the detransitioners. They're suing uh, me- doctors, yeah. medical clinics. It, it's a mess out there. What they've done to these kids. Oh, it, it, yeah. and I say this with love. It's child abuse. Yeah. It's child abuse. And so, you know, if you went to school in the 80s, we weren't dealing with that kind of stuff. We and today it's drastically – they just become untethered from all truth. Yeah. And listen, you, a child can't receive a first-class education in that environment, I promise you. Yeah. Now, let me just say this. There are still great Christians working in the public schools trying to fight it off, okay? I, I bless them, okay? And there are Christian kids who yeah. survive it. But if you look at the percentages, it's it's not a great percentage these days. I would say they would survive with those other things you talked about, with the good church and a, and a home life where you're talking a about. A very it. serious and, home uh, life where they're yeah. training aggressively yeah. at home. Yeah. Uh, but but if they're not, I, I tell many people, you know, because I speak in lots of big churches where, you know, there's 500 kids in public school or something there. Yeah. And I look at those parents and say, listen to me. If you've chosen to place your child in public school, you better homeschool them every night. Yeah, because this ain't Johnny coming home and saying, you saying, was there anything objectionable today? And he says, well, they said this. And you look at your kid and say, well, we don't believe that. Don't believe it. That doesn't work anymore because they're working full time to convince your kid that they've got the truth on their side. Yeah, it's a it's a different proposition for sure. Um, And you need to be involved with your kids because uh, it's it's different. Yes. Um, Objection number three. Um, parents choose Christian education for their children because of fear and failing to trust God. Well, you know, I, I, that's hardly, I don't know hardly how to respond to that. Yeah. I guess we hear it. But, yeah. what, I, you know, I, I was fearful to uh, let my child uh, go out and walk the streets at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, I trust God, but God also gave me a brain and said, right. you know, we are stewards of our children. Here's the first point last night I gave to parents was our children belong to God. Amen. We're only their managers. Right. And so if somebody brings you a precious possession, that'd be like saying somebody gave you a million dollars worth of gold. And if you really trust God, you'll just set it out on the street and just hope somebody doesn't get it. That's yeah. nonsense. That'd be bad stewardship. Horrible. And God entrusted our hearts, the hearts and minds of our children to us as parents. Yeah. And so help me, God. We had, better, we had better protect their hearts and minds until they are mature enough mm-hmm. to go into this world and stand on their own two feet. And I promise you, at 9 years old, at 12 years old, at 14 years old, they're not there yet. Right. I think that's a pretty good correlation with the last objection about public school. And I think that... Uh, um, we do trust God, but also God gave us brains and us worldview to pass that on. And uh, very famous verse, train up your children the way they should go. Yes. And uh, and if you're not doing that and you're just trusting God to do it, well, God's saying train up your children. Exactly. And, uh, um, well, in Deuteronomy 6, he also says, you yeah. know, teach them my laws and precepts yeah. and understanding when you get up in the morning, yeah. when you walk well, in the day, yeah. when you go. What he's saying is all day, every day. Trick pour my truth into your children. And when you turn your children for eight hours a day over to somebody who doesn't share God's values, 
I don't know that you're actually fulfilling that command. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a scary one for sure. Number four, Jeff, um, you should send your children to public schools for evangelism. Absolutely. And that is yeah. the number one argument I hear in the country right there yeah. is they should be salt and light. OK. Yeah. And trust me, I'm I'm all about our children being salt and light. And I'm really about uh, Christian adults who feel like called as missionaries into the public school. Now, they're adults. They're established in their faith. Yeah. They're not as influenced by peer pressure. And so they can absolutely be salt and light in the public schools. Now, it's getting harder and harder. We're mm-hmm. launching Christian schools all across America. And guess who's starting new Christian schools now? It's not primarily pastors. It's yeah. public school Christian teachers. They're the ones who are calling us. We just launched one right out here in Carson City, Nevada this year. Public school teachers came out of public education and said, that's it. I can't take it anymore. It's I, I cannot do that. And so, um, you know, the bottom line is, is I believe that there are a are a small there's a small percentage of students, Christian students who go in the public school and are salt and light. But I had a pastor come up to me, a youth pastor one day, and he said, I'm kind of object to your, you know, your way of thinking on this. I said, okay. He said, he said I was I was a Christian. I, I came through public education. I happen to know that he had a lot of leftist ideology, but he said, I came through public education. Look at me. I'm a pastor. I said, well, listen, that's fine. I, he's, I said, how many? He was in a rural Virginia school. I said, how many yeah. kids were in your school? He said, 1,500. I said, how many devout Christians were in that fifth student body of 1,500 in rural Virginia where 80% of their parents would have been Christian in name? Yeah. He couldn't come up with five or ten. So I said, listen to me, if in your school you didn't have five or ten devout Christians out of 1,500 kids where 80% of them came from Christian homes, we've got a problem, Houston. They're not being salt and light. So here's what I'd like to say. Some can, most can't, but really the the ones who are doing the evangelizing are the other ones. They're evangelizing our children, and statistics prove it. So I I love it. And and Franklin Graham and all these guys used to stand for it. Did you know Franklin Graham's changed his tune on this? He used to get up and say, we want a Christian in every classroom. Now he's like, okay, this didn't work out so well. And people like James Dobson used to be strongly about this. He's now like, get him out. And so, again, some families can't. Some families succeed. Some families work hard at it. But uh, uh, to me... They're going to spend 16,000 hours from kindergarten to 12th grade in school. Yeah. Where they spend those hours makes a huge difference in Absolutely. the worldview. Absolutely. And I, because I, uh, these objections all have great points, of course, but there's, because um, I, I, I do like the idea of salt and light in a school. But, sure. Uh, but my, but my eight-year-old? Exactly. I, I mean, that's like. You wouldn't send him to Africa to yeah, be a missionary. And, and ag- absolutely not. Um, objection number five. And this is something we've kind of hit, and it's um, possible, but parents can unteach and reteach after school to counter secular thinking. If you are Francis Schaefer, you can do that. Yeah. If you are Chuck Colson, Nancy Piercy, you can do that. But I'm going to tell you something. It is so interwoven. The, the false assumptions just in... In, in, in an everyday, in, in one year of schooling, there are thousands of false assumptions our kids are fed. Okay, and I could go into many of them that our kid is so subtle that our kids have no idea and they do wouldn't even know to come home and say, hey, mom, they told me today right. they don't have a clue. OK, and the other thing is what parent now I know one parent in this country. She wrote a powerful uh, article for our magazine a few years ago. She was out of Minneapolis. She's a rocket scientist. OK. And her kids are rocket scientists. And she literally every night spent three to four hours tearing down everything they learned that day. But she would go and read to every URL. 
She read every single thing the kids read. It took her three to four hours a night, okay? Finally, after several years of this, she concluded, what in the world am I doing? She said, my kids are learning all this bad stuff. I'm having to go back every night. And so she eventually started homeschooling them. But her husband was from another country, and he was a socialist, and he thought of public education as a part of the common good, and and there's some ways which it is. And he just couldn't get it. But finally, when she started showing, actually it was when she wrote the article for us. We asked her for a three-page article. She wrote a 14-page article. And in doing that, she gathered all the data, data she had collected through the years and the information, and she laid it before her husband. And when she did, her husband said, oh, my goodness, I had no clue. And so uh, he, they, they finally pulled them out. So the bottom line is, I, I don't believe, I believe there's 99% of parents cannot possibly yeah. unteach everything their kids are being taught. And, and that is not just me being biased towards Christian education. Again, when, when I was a young dad, I thought I was going to put my kids in public school. I didn't even, yeah. you know, I wasn't death against it. But when I started researching and seeing what they were actually learning, I was like, why would I do that to my young child's mind? I'm called to steward them towards Christ. That's that's a big one. I don't I don't I mean, I I look at myself. I was a youth pastor for a lot of years. I have a master's divinity working on a doctorate in ministry. I don't know if I could spend four hours a night. I have my own life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's it's a it's a tough one to do. Um, and then, uh, objection number six, uh, Christian education is too expensive. Well, I look at that is I, I, as I speak all across America, I have beautiful, beautiful people in their 60s, 70s, 80s come up to me and weep at the end of my speeches. And here's what they say to me. I would give anything if I could have heard this speech 40 years ago. Yeah. And I would have educated my child differently. And I, I have heard this so many times I can't even possibly remember. My child no longer believes. And I'm a, I promise you, I know many, many people in their 50s, 60s, 70s who would give their retirement away today yeah. if they could get their child's mind back. I have a man who's very wealthy in Virginia. And one day he said, you know why I support you? Because my son's an atheist. He said, I put him all the way through public school. I thought I was doing great. He said he was even in the Christian club in public school, but he went off to this big university and his foundation had been eroded through his K through 12. And he went to a big, huge university, prestigious university, and they crushed it. They just took the final blow and knocked his foundation out. And today he said he's an atheist and my wife weeps and prays over his soul every day. He said, I'd give anything basically to get his mind back. And so what I say is, what does it profit a a boy or girl to gain the whole world, which they're not going to gain the whole world no. through, through public education. Honestly, Christian education, homeschooling is, is doing much better academically these days. But but what if, what if they, you know, you know, go to Harvard, but don't go to heaven. I mean, yeah. you know, you can go to Harvard from a Christian school or homeschool. Who cares? But yeah. the point is, if they don't have a foundation and they crumble when they get there, if they become a world-renowned scientist or doctor, but they don't know Christ or love Christ, we, we failed miserably. Well, and... Fortunately, we live in Arizona, um, and right now Arizona is very um, uh, school choice friendly. Yes. What's it like in Virginia? Is there do we do we have tax credits here? We yeah. Have, uh, well, ESA. we have a tax credit. Uh, we have a tax credit program, but you're very blessed in Arizona. Uh, you know, I think now some people are telling me in this world, in the school choice world, that you have the best 
maybe one of the best laws in the country now. Yeah. Uh, now, I've, I've worked a lot in Florida schools, and Florida has probably, I'm guessing, 125,000 kids in Christian schools paid for by the business tax credit. Yeah. That's a phenomenal program. It has been the best in the country. But it's, it's spreading like wildfire. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a parent revolution taking place. Yeah. Parents have stood up. Two pastors, two state legislators. So we're fighting hard in Virginia. We have Northern Virginia. We'd like to cut Northern Virginia off because otherwise we have a state that is conservative. But um, we have a great governor right now. Uh, I'm friends with multiple state senators and, and legislators, and they're working hard. We don't yeah. quite have the majority we need, but we do have a, a tax credit. My organization, we raised almost $2 million this year, last year, in that program to help kids go to Christian schools. Yeah. And so, uh, but, but Arizona, if you're a parent here in Arizona, oh my, take advantage of it. What an opportunity. Yeah, and, and it's on fragile ground. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I love being a part of Northwest Christian School because you think that, back to that objection of, of too expensive, and, and really we have a lot of parents that don't pay anything out of pocket yeah. um, due to tax credits. Sure, and, sure. Uh, and I love that we have students at this school, their parents could write a check right now, and we have students at this school that mom and dad are working extra jobs because I love it matters that. to them. Yes. Um, I, I say this. Rather than try to save for leaving your child a big inheritance— Make this their inheritance. Yeah. And let me just give a, uh, put a plug in here to grandparents. All across America, there's this phenomenon of grandparents saying, I would rather invest in my child's, my grandchild's Christian education than leave them a big lump sum when I die. And so the grandparents are paying for Christian education all across America mm-hmm. as a gift yeah. to their grandchildren's future. Wow, that's yeah. powerful stuff. It is. Um, so Northwest Christian School, um, our mission and purpose is to provide an educational program which upholds high standards of scholastic and behavioral excellence and furnishes instruction in Bible-based Christian faith. It is our greatest honor to enable students to develop a biblical worldview to prepare them to fulfill their God-ordained role in the home, the church, their country, and the world. And that's what we want to be about. Thankful for you being here, Jeff, because that sounds like what you're about. Absolutely. Is, uh, is uh, developing that biblical worldview. Um, big stuff. Thanks for being here, Jeff. Uh, um, God's blessings to you um, as you head back to Virginia today and, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much, and I so appreciate the work you're doing here at Northwest Christian. May God bless you guys. Right. We'll see y'all. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit. Regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.